0: Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. We have got a big week for you here on the podcast. We have got NFL week one, college football week two coming up this weekend. So we will be previewing both of those slates later on here this week. Hopefully the salaries for college football will go up and I can get that to you tomorrow. But today we're going to be talking some golf. No, there is no PGA tour this week. No, there is no live tour event this week. I'm definitely not doing live on here on the podcast. But there is a big European Tour event going on. It is the European Tour's flagship event, the BMW PGA Championship, and a lot of big names are making the trek on over to England to play in this one. So it's a pretty big tournament. DraftKings has got some contests up for it. And I'm going to go over some guys that can help you win some money this week over there on the European Tour. Now, if you would like any of my lineups for college football, NFL, golf, and more, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks, $3 a month, and you'll have access to all of my articles and lineups that I've been putting out on there. Some of them have been pretty successful. All right, let's get a quick word from our friends at Anchor, and then we will get started with the preview. The BMW PGA Championship is the DP World Tour, a.k.a. the European Tour. It is their flagship event, and it is taking place at Wentworth Country Club in London, England. So what makes this event super interesting is the field itself. We've got some of the best golfers in the world here on this field. We've got a lot of PGA tour guys that are making their trek over to England to play in it. We've got a lot of live tour guys that realize this is a chance to get some official world golf ranking points and they're going to be playing in it. And then we've also got a lot of European tour guys that are going to be relatively unknown to a majority of the people playing DraftKings this week. Now, it's also important to note that a lot of people think that the DP World Tour is just a bunch of Lynx golf, a bunch of Lynx courses, and that is not the case. Uh, While a lot of the tournaments are Lynx golf, this course, Wentworth Country Club, is a Parkland-style course, meaning it is just like any other country club course that you would see over here stateside. It just so happens to be in London, England. It's not going to be the windswept terrain and the pot bunkers and all that stuff. It is a Parkland-style, country club-style course. Now, this course has been hosting this tournament for a very long time. So it generally has very consistent course history. So if you see that somebody has done well here in the past, they're likely to do well here again. The course has not changed at all. Now, it's also important to know when playing DraftKings this week that ownership is going to gravitate to known players. Guys that are coming over from the PGA Tour and even guys that are coming over from Live are going to be the guys that are going to see ownership because people on DraftKings tend to play the people that they know. So if you're looking to gain leverage on low ownership guys... A lot of the European tour players that are still playing this event because it's their event, they're going to be the guys that are going to be lower owned. They're going to be the guys that you can play to gain a little bit of leverage on the field on DraftKings. Now, another thing to note, when you are looking at game logs and you're looking at a live tour event, side note, I actually watched just a little bit of the live tour on Sunday. There was nothing on TV. Um, And so I watched about 30 to 45 minutes of it. And the whole experience was weird. Like seeing professional golfers wearing shorts is weird. The shotgun start is weird. The leaderboard on the screen with the teams is weird. And the fact that all of their promotions, all their ads are for themselves is very weird. So, you know, not my favorite experience, not my favorite golf tour by any means, but it just, it is what it is. I'm I'm not a a supporter of Live Golf. If any individual golfer wants to go over there, I, I can't blame them, but I'm just not a supporter of it. It's not my favorite thing. Anyway, When you were looking at a game log for a live golfer, there's only 48 golfers in those events. So if you see that somebody came in the 30s or the 40s of a live event, that means they didn't play very well. Uh, You know, it's not like a 30 or a 40 on a PGA tour event with a cut where, you know, oh, the guy made the cut. He played the weekend. You know, that's not a bad result. A live tour event, 30s and 40s is like close to last place. So when you're looking at those game logs, make sure you are noting that um, the live tour is a little bit different than the other tours. Now, one last thing. This course itself, talking about the layout, it is your pretty much prototypical par seventy-two. It is known for very tight fairways. It is very tree-lined fairways, and there's a decent amount of water. So, if you want to compare it to a course on the PGA Tour, I think uh, East Lake, even though this place is going to have a lot less elevation changes than East Lake, I think East Lake is a valid comparison. Um, but like I said, tight fairways. Not the longest course in the world, not the shortest course either, uh, but it does have tree-lined fairways pretty much on every instance. All right, so let's go ahead and start talking to individual golfers. Looking at the top of the board, there is a really big fish that played this week, and that is Rory McIlroy. So Rory McIlroy has not teed it up here in the last two years. Uh, He finished tied for ninth in 2019 and was runner up here at this course in 2018. And he also won this event in 2014. So Rory's got some pretty good course history here. He just hasn't played it in two years. Right now, Rory McIlroy is the best golfer on the planet, in my opinion. Um, I think that the course fits him very well. He is a very elite level driver of the golf ball. We've been over this on the podcast before. He hits it not only very long, but very straight. So the fact that it's a tight course should not affect him a whole lot. And you also got to feel like Rory's got some added motivation because of the live guys being in this event. He's been so outspoken against live golf and all the guys that go over there. And now, you know, you could see an instance where one of those guys is paired up with Rory. And so he's going to have extra motivation to go out and play and play well this week and to try to win this week Uh, the last event that he played that had live golfers in it was actually the open championship where you know most of us remember Rory ended up coming in 30 had an outstanding week just couldn't make enough putts on Sunday to win it but a third place finish would be totally okay with me even at this price point for Rory I think that Rory is the best golfer in the field right now when you look at strokes gained over the last 16 rounds he is like dominating the rest of the field Um, even if you were to make it 20, 24, 32, I believe he still ends up on top. Uh, I totally have no problem paying up for Rory this week at that price point here at the BMW PGA. Second on the board is John Rahm, who doesn't have a whole lot of course history here. John Rahm was the runner-up here in 2019, and much like East Lake, I feel like this course can somewhat play to John Rahm's strengths. We know that John Rahm is at his best when everybody is hitting long irons into the green. He's an elite long iron player, um, and I think that this course could kind of play into that a little bit. Uh, he doesn't have the best recent form, like he did. He played very well at the BMW, but. I don't know. I'm just not sold on John Rom. Obviously, he's one of the most talented golfers in the field. He has decent course history here with that runner-up, but I don't. I would much rather play Rory or go further down the board than to play John Rom here this week. Third on the board is Shane Lowry, who is the king of consistency. He has been an elite finisher on both the PGA and the DP World Tours this season. Uh, He just hasn't pieced it together for a win. In fact, he has not won since the 2019 Open Championship at Royal Portrush that he won in runaway fashion. So Lowry is still looking for that win. And he also narrowly missed the tour championship on the PGA Tour. Played very well down the stretch on the PGA Tour, but just didn't get enough FedEx Cup points to make it into the tour championship. Like I said, he's the king of consistency. He's probably going to deliver you a top twenty finish if you're looking for somebody that is going to, you know, just kind of be steady and be consistent at the top of your lineup. That's a guy to go with. But I don't know if he has that winning upside because we haven't seen him win it, you know, outright in. Three years. If you were to look at strokes gained over the last 16 rounds, I believe he's still going to end up in the top five, but I don't know. I just, he doesn't have that winning upside that a lot of other guys here have. Next on the board is Matt Fitzpatrick, who in his last two years, he was T20 here last year and T7 here in 2020. However, I don't really think you can compare those to the Matt Matt Fitzpatrick that we are seeing today. Matt Fitzpatrick has gotten a lot better at driving the golf ball. His game is firing on all cylinders. He has just been a lot better player this past year than he ever has been on tour. Uh, and the fact that it's a tight course kind of plays into Fitzpatrick's hands. He is a very accurate golfer. He's got elite level accuracy, and the fact that it's a tight course kind of plays into that because he's not going to be ending up with tree trouble where a lot of other guys might be. So I do think Matt Fitzpatrick is a good play this week there at his price tag on DraftKings. Next up is Billy Horschel. Billy Horschel is, you know, obviously he's an American and he is the defending champ of this event. He was one of the PGA Tour guys last year that came over and played here and he won this event. However, he's been very average lately, you know, maybe average isn't the best word, but he just really hasn't done anything to pop. He hasn't had any recent top fives or top tens. So I'm just not all in on Billy Horschel. Like like I said, he is the defending champ. If you want to play that route, this course is very consistent. Guys that play here well tend to play here well again. So if that's your route with Billy Horschel, I totally get it, but I'm just not all in on the recent form. Further down the board, let's look at Adam Scott. Adam Scott had a pair of top fives before the Tour Championship, and really when it comes to the leaderboard for the Tour Championship, you can almost throw that out because the way they do starting strokes is kind of messed up. Like, you don't really get a true picture of how the guy played if you just look at the position. Like, Adam Scott started in dead last in 30th, but I believe he finished in 25th at that event. So, you know, obviously he outplayed his starting position, but, you know, it's still a 25th place finish. Now, Adam Scott did play here last year. He came in T14, which is not a bad finish. If you were to play him at his price, T14 would not be a bad value. Uh, And I think his game's in a really good spot. You know, he had that pair of top fives at the BMW and the FedEx St. Jude. He's playing really well. He's used to playing in tough fields. That's pretty much all the events he plays now are the tough field events. So I could totally get playing Adam Scott this week there on DraftKings. Victor Hovland is a guy who has found his game since the Open Championship. You know, He was very, very good, you know, over the course of the pandemic from 2020 into 2021. Uh, But he kind of lost it a little bit to start 2022. But he really found his game when he had that fourth place finish at the Open. He's been playing very well ever since. And I think he's a guy that, while he predominantly plays on the PGA Tour, he has won on the DP World Tour before, so he has that winning upside. Uh, This tournament last year, he was T49, which is not exactly what you would want for somebody at his price point. But, you know, he's familiar with the course. His game's in a good spot. So I could totally see playing Victor Hovland. If you wanted to start your lineup off with Hovland, I think that's going to be a very low ownership play. Um, But I don't know. I would much rather pay up for somebody else than Victor Um, If he's the second golfer in your lineup, I think that's a solid spot. I don't expect him to be the highest owned guy here on this list. All right, so that takes care of the top of the board. Let's look at some names down at the bottom. As we go further down the board, I believe it will be easiest if we kind of divide these guys up in categories. So I'm going to divide them up in categories based off where they play their golf. So we've got the Live Tour guys, we've got the PGA Tour guys that are coming over, and then we've got the European Tour, the DP World Tour guys. So um, let's start off with the Live guys because there is less of them and there is certainly less of them that I'm willing to play. Um, So the first guy that is a Live guy that shows up at his price tag is Taylor Gooch. Taylor Gooch has been the second best player on the live tour since it started behind Dustin Johnson. Um, And he also played very well at the open championship. Even though those live results can be kind of funky, I am inclined to believe he's playing pretty good golf right now. And he's got added motivation because he is playing, representing his new tour, you know, however you want to slice it, he's motivated to play well because he wants to show that he's on a legitimate golf tour and he's still playing good golf. He does seem a little overly priced to me on DraftKings, but you know, if you guys shows up and wins the event what, you know, he's not overly priced then. So Taylor Gooch does have a lot of upside. He's been playing a lot of very good golf. If you also look back at it last fall is when he started playing really, really well. Um, so maybe he's just a fall type of guy and plays well this season of the calendar year, every time. So, Um, I definitely think Taylor Gooch is in a good spot. Like I said, that price tag is a little bit hard to get over, but I do think he is playing good golf, and he's in a good spot to play this week. Patrick Reed uh, has played this event before. He has two top fives here, and he also has two top fives at the Live Tour. So he's also made the cut at the last two majors. He didn't really ever factor in on Saturday or Sunday either of those two majors, but he did make the cut. Patrick Reed is a guy that tends to show up in big-time events in big-time fields. It's very hard for him to get motivated to play a very mediocre event, which we've seen recently with how he just barely made the cut at an Asian Tour event trying to earn official World Golf ranking points. But big-time events are what Patrick Reed lives for. He historically plays well in majors, and this is the European Tour's major. So I generally think that he's going to play well this week, but I'm probably staying away. I'm just, I don't know, I'm not a fan of Patrick Reed. However, what that does, though, is a lot of other people out there are like me and will say, eh, I don't like Patrick Reed, I'm not going to play him. And so his ownership is going to be very, very low. Um, I do not expect a lot of people to play Patrick Reed this week. Abraham answer and Sergio Garcia. I'm going to lump them together. They're both made the jump to the live tour and they're both too highly priced for me. Just looking at their game longs. I don't think they've been playing great golf and I just don't get why they're priced as high as they are. So I'm just totally going to pass on both of those guys. Not a believer this week in either of those two. Brandon grace won the first live event when it was played in London, which is also where this tournament is going to be played. Um, You know, not the same golf course, but same locale. Brandon Grace also played great at the Scottish Open. He was trying to backdoor his way into qualifying for the Open Championship and was able to do so, but he did play very, very well. And he's also a guy that plays well in England historically. So Brandon Grace is a guy that definitely with the history there, with the fact that he's played well in England, he's played well overseas, I could totally get playing Brandon Grace here this week. Next down the board is Lee Westwood who has been playing very well lately. Lee Westwood is very streaky. He will go on these runs of like five straight top 20s or you know top 10s or whatever, and then he will just fall apart and miss five straight cuts, and then he'll bring it back with five top 10s. He's very streaky, very hot and cold like that, and I think he's on a little bit of a good streak. You know, The Live Tour does not have cuts. There, there is only 48 players in the events, but he's been playing pretty well. He's been playing some good golf, and he's also an England native, so he's going to want to win on his, I guess you'd call it home turf, or home tour maybe, but I actually think Lee Westwood is a solid play this week here at that price. Lowry Cantor is the only budget live tour golfer I would consider. Um, He's been playing just okay over there on the live tour, but he was the runner-up here last year, and like I said earlier, this course is pretty consistent. Guys who play well here tend to play well here again, so Lowry Cantor is the budget live guy that I would consider playing. Now let's talk about the guys that are making their way over from the PGA Tour into this event here on the European Tour. And the first guy, even though he is European himself, he is from England, is Tyrrell Hatton. So Tyrrell Hatton is a very interesting case because he is not a course fit at all. You know, this is a very tight, tree-lined course. It is not a course where you can get wild with the driver, and he is somebody who struggles with driving accuracy. But I say that, and he won here in 2020, two years ago. So... You know, whether you think it's a fit or not, he has played well here and he just, you know, he has won here. So it it might not be the most logical fit in the world, but it's been done before. He's also coming off of five straight events of T31 or better, and he has two top 11s in that stretch. He's been playing very good golf and I could totally get behind playing Tyrrell Hatton here at that price. Like I said, not a best course fit, but he has won before. So he kind of bucked that trend a little bit. So Tyrrell Hatton, absolutely solid play here this week. Tommy Fleetwood has taken a long break. I believe it was his mother who passed away. I hope I got that correct. Um, but he took a long break from his golf career for that, and which I totally get, totally understand. Um, but – Tommy Fleetwood's game log is pretty impressive, y'all. His last two finishes are fourth at the Open Championship and the Scottish Open. He was a T12 here last year, so he's shown the ability to play well at this tournament. He was playing really good golf before he took a little bit of a break. So depending on how you feel he's going to come off of that break, is it going to be well-rested or is it going to be rusty? Um, That will kind of answer the case on how you feel about Tommy Fleetwood here this week. Other guys, Justin Rose. And I feel like Justin Rose is priced off a name recognition, not recent form. He's just been okay lately, nothing really to write home about. But he is from England. This is his home event. And he finished T6 here last year. So I think that he does have a chance to play well. Um, But I really don't like the price tag on Justin Rose. If he were $500 cheaper, I would be all in on Justin Rose. Danny Willett is a guy that is super boom or bust. Uh, We've seen that over the course of his career. He tends to either finish in the top 20 or miss the cut. And that is evidenced by his last six events. In his last six events, he has two top 10s, two finishes in between 40 and 70, and two missed cuts. So it's all over the place. Danny Willett also won here in 2019. And Danny Willett tends to be a course horse. The courses he plays well at, he tends to keep playing well at, like St. Andrews, like Augusta National. So if this place is one of the places that he's familiar with and he plays well at, then I I absolutely get playing Danny Willett here this week. Next guy is Aaron Rye. Aaron Rye has great history here at this course. He's been pretty much a consistent top 20, top 30 finisher every time he's been here. Um, And Aaron Rye was great last fall and it started off with a good finish at this course. So I absolutely get playing Aaron Rye this week. I think he's priced very reasonably and I totally get going down there to get Aaron Rye. Now the last PGA Tour guy that I will talk about is Kurt Kitayama. Kurt Kitayama is You know, has won on the DP World Tour before, but he's been playing all his golf recently on the PGA Tour, so I'm going to lump him on here. And he played very well in the Scottish Open, which is you know another British Isles course. Um, And he's coming off of a great BMW Championship. He's somebody that hits the golf ball very far. I could totally see going down to play Kurt Kitayama this week. So that is the PGA Tour, guys. Let's now switch on over to the DP World Tour, guys. And There's a lot of them, so we're going to try to condense a little bit, but there's a lot of them to analyze, and a lot of these guys are going to be very low-owned this week. For the DP World Tour guys, you got to figure that they're going to have a little bit of added motivation because this is their tour. They want to play well at their tour's flagship event and they want to show that they can compete with all these PGA Tour guys and these live guys who are coming over onto their tour. So the first guy that is pretty much a primarily DP World Tour player is Jordan L. Smith, and I just think he's overpriced. You know, he's had a great run on the DP World Tour this season, but I don't know if I can get behind paying that price tag for him. However, I do expect him to be super-duper low-owned at this price. I think that people are going to find other guys in that price range to play other than Jordan L. Smith. So if you can get behind the price, he's a guy that's going to give you a lot of leverage on the field, but I'm just not buying it this year. Thomas Peters has finished no worse than 37th in his last six events, and that includes two majors in that stretch, both um, the U.S. and the Open Championship, and the other four being DP World Tour events. Again, that's no worse than 37th, so he's been a consistent finisher at whatever tournament he's been playing, and he was also a T9 here last year, so Thomas Peters definitely has that upside to pay off that price tag. Now, one very interesting story is Dean Burmeister. So Dean Burmeister primarily DP World Tour player. He's from South Africa. He finished T10 and T11 in the two events in Scotland this year. That would be the Scottish Open and the Open Championship. But Dean Burmeester wants to make the jump over to the PGA Tour. So he tried playing in the Corn Ferry Tour events to end the season to earn his tour card. And he played very well in those events. He had some really good finishes on the Corn Ferry Tour. So it's a little bit of a weird game log if you look at it, but I have a feeling he's You know, I I tend to believe he's been playing very good golf lately. So, if you want to play Dean Burmeester, have at it. Um, You know, he's got a lot of good finishes in his recent game log. Now, Ryan Fox is somebody that was very popular for the Scottish Open and the Open Championship because at that point he was having a great run on the European Tour. However, he is a links specialist. Um, He tends to play better on links courses and he is a bomber off the tee, much like a Cameron Young or a Bryson DeChambeau. He hits the golf ball very far. So on links courses, that tends to get upped a little bit because it's very hard ground. The ball will roll further and there's less hazards. There's wider fairways. Um, So I don't really think that this course is the best fit for Ryan Fox and he's a little bit out of form as well. He's not showing the same form that he showed earlier in the spring and summer on the European tour. Next up is Eddie Pepperell, who has been a very – spicy opponent of the live tour and all of his european tour friends that have gone to the live tour um and so you know he's going to want to play well this week he's got that added motivation and he has five straight top 20s on the dp world tour so i could totally get behind playing him for that recent form he also finished sixth here in 2020 however he did withdraw at this tournament last year for whatever reason so eddie Pepperell definitely an option this week with the recent form and with the course history Robert McIntyre, you know, the big lefty Scottish player, uh, the primary plays on the DP World Tour. He can be boom or bust. Um, He tends to really pop at some events and just kind of fade away at others. Um, He's just a very middle of the road option to me. I don't expect him to be very highly owned, but you can't really bank on recent form. You can't really bank on course history. He's just kind of there. Um, But like I said, he can pop at times. So he's somebody that would not shock me if he was, you know, in the final group on Sunday morning. Yes, I said Sunday morning because it is in England. But, you know, it would not shock me if he was somebody who found himself in contention on Sunday. Lucas Herbert is one of the best short game players around in the entire world. Um, And he is boom or bust like Robert McIntyre. However, with Lucas Herbert, the talent is there. The winning upside is there. He's won on both the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour. So Lucas Herbert, if this turns into a short game contest, Lucas Herbert is probably going to win it. Looking further down the board, these are some more of your bargain plays. The first one is Thurston Lawrence. So Thurston Lawrence is a young guy from South Africa that he is coming off of a recent win, and he's, he made the cut in both of the two Scottish events that all the PGA Tour guys played. I've been referencing those a lot. That's the Scottish Open and the Open Championship. So he's shown the ability that he can make cuts and he can finish well in tough fields, and he's also shown that winning upside with the win on the DP World Tour. So Thurston Lawrence is definitely going to be a guy to look out for this week. Antoine Rosner is another one that he's trending upward on his recent form. Every finish seems to be better than the last. um, So he's definitely another option that I would be considering. Another one is Miko Koronen. I'm hoping that I'm saying that correctly, but Miko Koronen is a cut-making machine on the DP World Tour. He's made 12 straight cuts dating all the way back to March. So that is just an insane run of consistency. And in his price tag on DraftKings, if he makes a cut, guess what? He's going to pay off that price tag. That's really all you can ask for out of a guy at that price range. So I could totally get going back to Miko Koronen there this week. Another very interesting story is John Catlin. John Catlin is an American who plays on the DP World Tour, and he has won on the DP World Tour before. He also has four straight made cuts. So, you know, for whatever added motivation comes with being an American on the European Tour, John Catlin's going to have that. I absolutely could get playing John Catlin this week, and he has shown that winning upside. There are two bargains on the DP World Tour who finished tied for second here last year, and that is Kyradek Afibarnrat and Jamie Donaldson. Like I said, both tied for second here last year, both very affordable at their current price tag. The recent form for neither of them has really been there, um, but you know that course history tied second here last year and the very low price tag on both those guys. Next up is Guido Migliozzi. You may remember him because he had a top 10 at the 2021 U.S. Open at Torrey Pines, and he also has three straight top 40s on the DP World Tour. That top 10 at the U.S. Open shows me that he can play in tough fields, and this is going to be a tougher field than most of the events that he plays. Um, So I could totally get going back to Guido this week. Last two are like super-duper bargains. Um, One of them is David Law. He finished... Tied 14 here last year. That's about the most notable thing I can talk about him, but I do think he is a very price affordable option. And then the last one is Jack Sr. You know, not to be confused with Jack Jr. Jack Sr. has three straight top 18s. He was T35 here last year. He is very close to the minimum price on DraftKings. And if he does T35 again, then guess what? That is going to pay off his price tag. All right, let's talk Bill in the lineup and then let's go ahead and get on out of here. When it comes to building a lineup this week, I think you have to look for leverage plays in low ownership if you want to succeed this week. Um, I think that a lot of the ownership is going to gravitate towards the known names, towards the known entities on whatever tour that they play on, Um, and so I'm probably going to be starting my lineup with Rory McIlroy, which is probably going to eat up a lot of ownership, but If he wins the event, I don't care how much he's owned. He's going to win the event. Now, when I fill my lineup, I'm probably going to look for more of the European tour guys, guys that have played well here in the past. I'm probably not going to play any other PGA tour guys because I don't want to eat any more ownership, but... I definitely think that there's plenty of bargains. All those names I just mentioned from the DP World Tour, all of them can be salary relief. If I can actually squeeze in both Rory and Adam Scott, I think I will be a very happy camper. I don't think Adam Scott is going to be super highly owned. Um, So that is what I'm thinking in terms of building a lineup here this week. And like I said, this is the European Tours flagship event. The PGA Tour is off, but this is a very good golf event here this weekend. So it's definitely going to be something good to watch, even though starting on Sunday, Sunday's NFL season. So I will have content coming your way for college football and NFL here on the podcast later on in the week. Hope you enjoyed this golf tournament preview. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next time.